This is an excerpt from the memoir Growing Up with a Mental Health Condition by Andy Johnson, Chapter 1, in which a nanny goat sings. Emotions are a set of physiological responses that adaptively engage humans to react to events of a biological or individual significance. There are six basic emotions, anger, fear, surprise, sadness, happiness, and disgust. All emotions, all other emotions, are derivation of these six. From an evolutionary perspective, each emotion has served a purpose leading to the survival of our species. But the extreme responses necessary to run from a saber-toothed tiger often do not serve us well in the modern world. I was 10 years old somewhere back in 1969. It was a Sunday morning in Grandsburg, a town of 912 people back then in northern Wisconsin. We were where our family always was on Sunday mornings at Faith Lutheran Church. I was sitting in a crowded pew in the front with my mom and dad, my two older brothers, Dave and Dan, and my younger brother, Tom, and my youngest brother, Pete, who was one at the time. My grandparents were someplace in the back of the church. The reason we were all stuffed in the front pew was that I was singing a solo in church for the special music that day. We had to sit in front so that I could get up quickly and sing when the time came with a lot, without a lot of space or silence. The Red Lutheran hymnals were used back in 1969. They had the words printed in them that told us exactly what to think and say during the service. The whole congregation was reading the words together. Most merciful God, we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your way to the glory of your holy name. Amen. But as I was sitting in bondage to sin in the front pew at Faith Lutheran Church in 1969, I was not thinking about how I had or hadn't loved God with my whole heart. I was thinking instead about the solo that I had to sing and how much I was dreading it. I was scared, petrified, and it was coming. Right there in the bulletin, I could see it. Special music, Andy Johnson. So everybody stopped asking God for mercy and forgiveness. There was a silence filled with a couple of coughs and throat clearing. I was up. I walked up in front of the church. Looking back at me were rows of eyeballs attached to expressionless faces. Sitting four pews back, Betty Salmonson turned to her husband, Ernie, and asked in a loud whisper, Why do you suppose he chose this memory to start his memoir? Shh, Ernie said, you're ruining the flow. But Betty persisted. 
But of all the memories in his life, why did he choose this one? For Pete's sakes, Betty, the kid is trying to sing. Well, really, Ernie, this is such a small moment. The song will last maybe two minutes. Three tops if he sings the fourth verse and repeats the chorus. Why did he choose this moment? From the pew in front of them, Lester Larson heard Betty and turned around. Lester had thick gray hair and a thick mustache. He spoke with a slight Swedish accent. I think it's supposed to represent something, Betty. Maybe a common theme. What kind of theme, Betty asked. For the love of Pete, Betty, Ernest said, losing his patience. Would you let him sing his song? Lester answered, well, there's religion. That's a theme. My present-day self was listening into the conversation as I was writing chapter one. It could be about emotions, I put in. Ah, Lester said, emotions, yes. In front of the church, I was experiencing stage fright, a form of fear, one of the six basic emotions. I had the red hymnal open to the hymn my mother had selected for me. My legs started shaking. My breathing got fast and shallow. I would learn 41 years later that this was a fight-flight response. My 11-year-old body was reacting in perfect evolutionary congruence to a perceived threat. I was in a state of hyperarousal. Stress hormones, cortisol, neoepinephrine, adrenaline, were being released from the small pituitary gland at the base of my brain, as well as two adrenal glands located on top of each kidney. My muscles tensed. There was an increased breathing and pulse rate. Blood was shunted to the organs critical for my survival, the heart, lungs, muscles, and brain stem. It was shunted away from the organs that were not critical for survival, the gastrion intestinal tract, the immune system, and the prefrontal cortex. This physiological reaction would be absolutely perfect if I was encountering a saber-toothed tiger or if someone from a neighboring tribe was trying to hit me with a large club. However, it was not very good at all for singing about the love of Jesus in front of a church full of Lutherans. The piano music gave me an intro, and I started to sing. My voice quivered. I stood up there, shaking and quivering like a little high-pitched nanny goat, singing about the love of Jesus and how happy I was because he saved me from sin. Jesus saved me from sin, but not from humiliation. Three verses later, I was finished. Silence. Row upon row of Lutherans looked up at me. The sound of my feet slapping on the green tile floor was the only sound I heard as I walked back to the pew in which I had been sitting. I sat down, humiliated. There was more silence. It was uncomfortably long. The silence felt like a large ball of suffocating cotton as everybody continued to stare. And then finally... The organ music for the next hymn started up, and we all sang some more about the love of Jesus.
I never wanted to sing in church. My mother pressured me into doing it all, using the passive-aggressive techniques that Lutheran women of her era were specially trained to use. You don't want to sing in church? Pot slammed. Fine, Dish slammed. God gave you a special talent, Jor slammed. It would mean a lot to your grandmother. Cabinet door shut too hard. People are counting on you, stomp across the kitchen. Just don't ask to sing at my funeral. Walk away, door slammed. Now keep in mind that I was already in bondage to sin, having sinned against God in thought, word, and deed. It didn't take much of the silent treatment and some banging and slamming to get me to sing in church. In our brain, there are billions of brain cells called neurons. Stimulated neurons automatically send and receive messages to and from all the surrounding or related neurons. As we perceive stimuli from the physical environment, neurons fire and become linked up to other neurons. Neural pathways are created. Over time, existing pathways are strengthened and more sophisticated webs or neural networks are formed. Neural networks connect events and feelings to other events and feelings that are similar. There was a wire in my 11-year-old brain in 1969 connecting back to 1966. Here I was seven in the basement of the old English Lutheran church. The choir director is telling me that I really let her down because I didn't want to sing a solo in church. She's saying this to a seven-year-old kid. That's some heavy shit to be putting on a kid. And that brings us to the other basic emotion, disgust, and its little cousin, shame. For there was the shame put on me for not wanting to sing in 1966. Then there was the shame I felt for singing badly in 1969. It was a double espresso of shame. That will get you up in the morning. Now, before I go all mommy issues on you, let me say that my mother was a very good person. But back in 1969, I don't think she fully understood 11-year-old boys. She grew up in the 30s and 40s in a family consisting of four sisters, all of whom were very musical. They were always singing at some event or the other. It was a Scandinavian Von Trapp family. I'm sure it didn't occur to her that pushing an 11-year-old boy in front of a large church to sing on a Sunday morning was probably one of the worst possible things you could do for him. She could have at least booked me a couple of gigs at some old folks' home before shoving me in front of a church full of dead fish. Betty Salmon said, said to Ernie, Is he saying his mother caused his mental illness? I can see that. I can. For God's sakes, Betty, Ernie said, let the guy write his memoir. That wire in my brain is actually a time travel wire. It enables me to travel back and forth through time. I do it all the time. As I experience things in the present, I'm zipping all over the place. Imagine that. It's like an electric wire carrying AC or alternating current where the electrons travel both ways. This 
alternating flow of current is much more efficient and powerful than DC or direct current. This is a one-way flow of electrons. This wire means I'm constantly experiencing things simultaneously all over the time travel zone. I'm getting zapped by all sorts of things in the past. The time travel wire also enables me to travel forward in time. I experience future possibilities as I'm experiencing the present. Time travel wires are not good things to have. I wish I could take a wire cutter to mine and snip it. They serve no purpose. I wouldn't know this in 1969, but in 2015, the time travel wire would connect me to the events of 1969. In 2015, my wife is upset with me for something I have done or left undone. I'm not quite sure what it is, but I'm getting the silent treatment. I hate the silent treatment. It drives me crazy. In 2015, I used my prefrontal cortex to try to solve the problem, but make little progress. I asked for clarification, but I met with more silence. A large emotional impulse flows through the time travel wire and connects me to 1969. I again asked my wife for clarification and I met with more silence. Suddenly, emotional impulses come up from all sorts of wires connecting back to all sorts of events and feelings. There's a huge surge and then a power outage. My prefrontal cortex shuts down. I grab a box of Wheaties, 100% whole grain flakes with plenty of B vitamins, and I slam it against the edge of the counter over and over again. Wheaties are spread all over the place. This is another basic emotion, anger. And I feel like a complete asshole for losing control. Disgust. My wife and I would eventually come to work things out, to understand. She would eventually understand that I wasn't actually an asshole. It just seemed like I was. You see, I was just clueless about certain things. And I would eventually come to understand that I was clueless about certain things. I would eventually learn how to not seem like such an asshole, how to listen better and to talk less. So in 2022, I travel back to 1969 to Faith Lutheran Church. I walk up in front of the church and I yell, I don't want to sing the goddamn song. I never wanted to sing it. There's no joy here. There's no love of Jesus. Stop making me sing the fucking song. There's a large cloud of embarrassed silence. Nobody knows what to do or say. My mother is embarrassed and ashamed. Lots of shame traveling around. My grandmother is embarrassed. Betty turns to Ernie and says, Okay, now I get it. Lester and Ernie nod. As I run out of the church, I can hear the pastor in the pulpit starting his sermon. He says, Thank you for the music, Andy. Looking back, 
I can see my 11-year-old self sitting in the pew. He's looking down at his feet. 